Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 33rd episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I had the amazing privilege of interviewing my principal at Specimen Hill Primary School, Wendy Jackson. I've been lucky enough to have Wendy at my school since the start of my career, and her mentoring and support has helped to make me into the teacher I am today. Wendy has been in education for over 40 years and has had various teaching experiences, such as a classroom teacher, numeracy coach, school improvement officer, acting assistant principal and acting principal before being a principal. Throughout this episode, Wendy shares her educational journey, why she decided to become a teacher, the reason why she went down the leadership path, her greatest challenge and greatest strength as a leader, and important qualities of a strong leader. She also discusses whether being a leader in a school is a lonely place, how she keeps her finger on the pulse to truly know what is happening in her school, her thoughts about retiring at the end of the year, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. How are you? Very well, thanks. It's great to have you on the podcast. Having my boss on the podcast has been a bit of a highlight to get that to happen. So it's great that you've said yes to being on the podcast today. I'm glad you didn't ask earlier, but um, as this podcast will reveal, I'm retiring. So it seems an appropriate time to be on the podcast. Whereas I don't think as a principal, I would have liked to have been on earlier, to be quite yeah. honest. So I, I was quite thrilled to be asked, actually. Beautiful. Well, it's great to have you on. I'm looking forward to having a chat. I guess throughout my whole career, you've been at the school that we're at, which has been wonderful. And I guess a long time ago, you interviewed me. So it's good to be able to turn the tide and now I get to interview you this time. Yes. And Todd has been on a lot of grad panels uh, with myself and He tells me that we've actually always employed quality applicants. So um, we must be a great team together, Todd. I think so, Wendy. I think so. Well, we'll get underway. Have you had a highlight of the day today, Wendy? Oh, I thought you meant the highlight of any day. Can I I share that? Um, Absolutely. I think the highlight of any day uh, working in a school is an interaction that you have with a child, a positive one, just something random that happens and... Well, thinking about today, as you know, we have a Korean homework club here, uh, some wonderful teachers run, and they're having a Kris Kringle, and all the Korean students um, asked if I'd be happy to participate in the Kris Kringle, and that was such a thrill. Yeah, beautiful, love that. Yeah, what a great story. And then going back to when you were a student, Wendy, what were you like? Um, I think I was fairly quiet and shy. I wouldn't say I was particularly um, diligent. I went to school quite young. I actually went when I was four because I went to a small school and they needed the numbers. So I was the youngest uh, student to graduate in year 12, apart from one student who had been accelerated because she was a real brain box. And 
I was a prefect in my later years, aren't all principals prefects? <laughs> uh, not a perfect prefect, I have to say. Um, I did get up to a little bit of mischief, but not too much. I would have been an easy student to have in the class. Yeah, excellent. And do you have a favourite moment from school? There's a couple of uh, favourite moments. I think going to high school was a favourite moment because I'd always been to little schools and actually having a wider audience to interact, well, a lot more uh, people to interact with, I loved, and having different teachers. I really enjoyed that because I'd had the one teacher for six years or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when I went into the senior years of schooling, I found it a lot more social. People actually got out of their peer groups, became a lot more cohesive. And we actually put on a musical, even though I have no talent in that direction at all, of Joseph and his Technicolor coat. And I got to be a hairy Ishmaelite. And I don't think I was very good at that. But that was just such a, a fun experience to work with a team on a, a big project like that. And the after party was a lot of fun too. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. Yeah, I remember going through school and doing the musicals and those kind of things. They're always good times, weren't they? They are. They're fun, you know, and you, you actually get to interact with different people because you tend to stick in your friendship group and uh, you had the opportunity to uh, mix and meet a lot of other students. It was great. Yeah, excellent. So now tell me about yourself, your teaching journey, and now what you're currently doing, Wendy. Okay, it's been a very long journey. As you know, I've shared with the staff. I think I started teaching before you were born, Todd. I think I'm fairly confident in saying that. Uh, I actually grew up in New South Wales and I actually did get into uni in Sydney, which I didn't last very long. I really just wanted to move to Sydney because I had a boyfriend down there and lots of friends that I wanted to live with. However, the logistics of going to uni were not very practical. So I lived a long way away. So that was a real challenge. So I ended up um, going to Teachers College. I was what was called a bonded student, one of the last ones. You received a scholarship for the length of your education you were sent to somewhere. So after that, I was sent to uh, Broken Hill and began the story of my life, really. So from there, I met my husband, who is a geologist, and we went to Western Australia. And I think I lived out there for 11 years. I have two children. And uh, when I was in Western Australia, I did have various part-time jobs. I lived in Perth for a while. I worked regularly at a school over there before moving to Bendigo. The worst or the job I found the most challenging was I was a kindergarten teacher. I don't think I was really cut out for that, to be quite honest. Um, it's like, oh, let's get down and learn something. You know, I didn't find it purposeful. It is purposeful, but I didn't find it work-wise that rewarding. And we moved to Bendigo. Uh, I was only three-year trained, so I actually did my degree at La Trobe University here, which was interesting. I was in with all the first years, which uh, some of the lecturers used to give all the first years quite a lecture about, <laughs> um, you know, we've got some mothers here, they're not here to waste time, so would you guys pull your heads in? All of those things. And 
in around, I think it was 1998, I started teaching at Specimen Hill just part-time and then went on to get an ongoing position at Speci, school that I've been at the longest. And around 2010, over that journey, actually become interested in teaching maths, particularly to junior students. I love the maths online interview that just changed the way I taught maths to kids. I could throw out the textbook after that. Uh, so I did a master's in numeracy and educational leadership at Monash because I actually thought, oh, I'd love a job delivering professional learning development, that sort of thing. I did actually get to be uh, a numeracy coach at Specy for six months around that time. And from there, when the previous principal became principal of Specy, she said to me, we'd always been an underperforming school, which means you didn't perform well in, in that plan. I'm going to make you school improvement officer, Wendy, and we're going to turn this around I was full of disbelief that that would happen and somewhat shocked that she'd chose me for that role, to be quite honest. And that was around 2011. And I actually went on to do what was then called VASTO Literacy Coaching Course, which was like 25 days of intensive professional learning. Uh, it was a hugely intense but rewarding career. And we were able to actually lift student outcomes for our students at Specy, uh, which I found to be hugely rewarding. But then I was acting principal, acting AP, I was in that uh, school improvement role. And in 2018, I became principal of Specy. I did actually do a couple of other acting roles out of the school. So that's yeah. basically it. Yeah, beautiful. So you've had such a great range of experiences. Uh, I have, um, and always at the heart of my career has been curriculum, particularly. I do love doing professional learning. I have always been open to new learning, um, but I think we're going to talk about that a bit further down the track. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. So then what was the reason that you decided that you wanted to be a teacher, Wendy? Well, I actually didn't have a burning desire to be a teacher, to be quite honest. Yep. Um, when my family was really quite working class, uh, there was not that expectation. Uh, my mother's family were probably quite academic. She came from a really big family. A couple of her brothers actually had the highest IQ in the state and they were truants from school. Um, and really did not go on and forge a career or anything like that. And at that time, when I went to Teachers College, if you actually want to do a university course, the only thing that actually you could be financed for was teaching. And it was fee paying, not like you can put it on HEX now. It was actually you had to pay upfront fees. Yep. Um, so I sort of, um, in many ways, fell into it. But I have to say it was a good choice for me. Yeah, beautiful. And I can tell and I've had the opportunity to see your passion for for teaching and curriculum and, and giving that knowledge to us as well and also to the students that we get to teach at our school. So, no, I think we're all very lucky that you ended up into the, the teaching career, that's for sure. 
Thank you. Thank you, Todd. And then did you have a teacher throughout your schooling that inspired you? Well, once again, it was probably uh, teachers in the later years of schooling. I had a great English teacher, I guess, who just in some ways showed quite a lot of belief in my ability. And that probably hadn't happened previously to uh, having him. And, and he was really down to earth. You will not know the book Sons and Lovers, but uh, his version was, to hear his version of it was quite um, quite something when I was at school, but he was a lot of fun. I also had a science teacher at that time who I disliked intently in year 11, probably because he knew I could do a lot better. Um, and year 12, I really turned that around and topped his class. And, and then I thought he was just the ant's pants, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, for different reasons, mm. I like them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that first one you were mentioning really was focusing on that relationship and building that really strong relationship with you. Yes. And the second one was setting a high expectation, which I didn't mm. really like in year 11 because that used to be the naughty year. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no yeah. one really did any work. But I um, guess, as you were saying, probably set you up for life about having those high expectations as well. Yes, probably. And then do you have a proudest moment as a teacher? Well, it was definitely the school improvement journey here at SPESI to see the school be able to lift learning outcomes for our students and many of who come from low socioeconomic backgrounds and, you know, don't lack ability, but to actually be part of improving the learning outcomes for for the school was something that I am hugely proud of. Yeah, and you should be. There's been some excellent results and you've been a big driver of that, Wendy. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. a great moment. The team's done it, you know. Um, it's always, in a school, it's always a team, but it's definitely been extremely rewarding. Yeah, excellent. Wonderful. And what was the reason that you decided that you wanted to go down that leadership path? Well, it sort of happened. I know that may sound like I'm not really being honest, but I really actually didn't think that I would be uh, a principal. Um, I suppose I've always been somebody who would say, yes, we need somebody to go on school council. Yes, I'll do that. You know, a bit like you, Todd. We need some, yes, I'll do that. And when you're like that, I guess I had a a deep interest as a classroom teacher I always wanted to be better I always wanted to do better the year after so when you actually put your hand up and um, participate in things then you develop skills perhaps people saw things and skills in myself that I absolutely did not see my children call me uh, Stephen Bradbury um, because <laughs> oh, you know there were there were various times that they required somebody to act in the AP position. And, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this um, tactfully, but there were a few little missteps, can I say, by others. And, and it was like they're looking around, they're going, who's next? And um, so that is a bit of a, my nickname for my children that I'm Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you do those things, it sometimes... It's hard to have the confidence, but by doing it, you develop the confidence and that you also develop skills, which I think is extremely important 
if you're ever to lead a school or to go into leadership. Mm, excellent. So has being a principal been what you expected, Wendy? Definitely not. Who would have thought COVID would come along and derail us all from uh, our little vision of what was going to happen in the next few years? And really, that has been three years, I consider. This year has been far better, of course. But, you know, there's still been a lot of illnesses, a lot of impact on schools, and I think a lot of impact on students' mental health and well-being, especially the senior students. But I also think probably even staff, you know, there's a, a slight bit of a leftover trauma from it. I was certainly grateful because I got to come to work every day. I don't know how I would have went if I had to sit home and deliver lessons remotely. I think I really would have struggled. It was hard yards for teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's good to be able to have that in the review mirror and not <laughs> go back there. Fingers crossed we don't have to go back there again, Wendy. Hopefully not. So, no, it hasn't sort of been what I would have thought in that direction. Um, you know, a lot of things that perhaps you wanted to work on priorities had to change. Mm. You know, you can't be overloading people who are already mentally exhausted. Mm. And, it, you know, it just wasn't appropriate. Yeah. And then anyone wanting to be a principal, Wendy, is there any and certain experiences or PDs do you think they should do? Oh, absolutely everything. You know, it's such a diverse job and sometimes nothing prepares you for what's going to happen. You know, I think educational leadership is key, you know, especially in a primary school to actually know what a good quality teaching and learning looks like. There are a lot of commercial programs out there. There's a lot of uh, vying for your attention and it's all proven by research. I think you have to be discerning. I know we've had a couple of staff just go through the primary math specialist program and they use the word discerning and I think that is a perfect word. So I think that's very important. The education department used to sort of talk about five aspects of being a leader in a school. So I've written those down and I always found them quite useful to consider your role with, uh, technical, which is really easy. It's not easy, but you learn that by doing. So that's managing the budget, OH&S, all of those things. You know, there's, there's always support. There's always uh, courses that you can do. I haven't found that area that hard. I can't achieve perfection in it though, um, but I'm happy to say the finances are in a great space. oh and is pretty good, so it is not my strong point. The other one is symbolic leadership, and I think that's holding yourself to pretty high standards of behaviour. Uh, you don't actually learn that anywhere, but, um, you know, and it, it, and it is doing things like picking up rubbish in the playground, actually. It's, it's like doing those extra duties. It's actually showing that you're willing to go that extra mile. There's all those sorts of symbolic actions that speak to the people you're leading. It's quite silent, um, I guess, but I think it's pretty important. Human leadership, well, who knows what that is? <laughs> uh, it's so complex, isn't it? Mm. But, you know, there are things and courses out there that can help you. 
you know, one of the best ones I did was around challenging conversations because that can be a hard area, I think, for most people in leadership. And I think a friend of mine who's been in education for a lot of years said, hard on the issue, soft on the person. And I think that is really good advice. But, you know, you have to deal in facts, not emotions. Mm. Even though the other person may be emotional, you know, I think you have to be quite factual around what you're saying and cultural. And that's a bit of an X factor, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think they sort of pretty much define what being a principal is. There is a lot of help from the education department. For example, you know, at times you're faced with custody issues, can always ring the legal department, the education department, seek advice for everything. There is a bit of a helpline that you can get onto, you know, human resources. And this is so many policies. It's hard to keep them all in your mind. It is for me anyway. But I have to say that there's a lot of that sort of support for principals. Yeah, excellent. And I guess the other one you've been having to do a bit with is like being a bit of a project manager, Wendy, with all the buildings. Yes. Well, I did say to um, one of the deep people, but actually I wasn't a trained project manager, uh, <laughs> actually finding it a little challenging, to be quite honest. But um, anyway, lots of roof leaks around here. Yes, yes. <laughs> so as a leader, is there some really important qualities do you think you need to meet to be a really strong leader? Well, you know, I'm not sure that I'm a strong leader. I think leadership, the best definition I've ever heard of it, you know, sometimes when you see those leadership things, they have all these wonderful blowing words, which probably only apply to people like Nelson Mandela, to be quite honest. I mean, there's examples of pretty bad leadership in the world, many of them. And I guess the definition to me of leadership is someone that people follow. So being a principal, plainly the position has a certain amount of kudos or I don't know if that's a word I'm looking for, but for example, people respond very differently when you say you're a principal as opposed to a teacher. You know, that's socially, sometimes on the phone, if you ring somebody, oh, it's the principal, they don't ask you to ring back, you know. Um, So the position does hold some power just by its very nature. And I suppose every school leader is very different and how they lead because ultimately you as a person are sort of an integral part of that. You know, you can't leave at home, thankfully, or some days it might be better to leave that person at home. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, But I think as a leader, I think you have to have consistent behaviour. I think that's pretty important. You know, people need to know who's there on the day. (laughs) It needs to be pretty much the same person every day. To have some high expectations of people and of yourself, and hold people to account that's not always something that comes easy but I think the more that you're in the role uh, the more you feel comfortable doing that and you know you don't have to be nasty or vindictive or 
anything. There are a million little ways that uh, you can hold people to account. And I suppose along the way, you have to be able to make um, tough decisions. And, you know, that is not something that I enjoy, but I've learned to sort of divorce myself from it. And I always remind myself of the Pfizer framework of school improvement and, you know, with the child at the centre. And sometimes when you just take all of the emotions and the circumstances out of, out of it and put the child at the centre, it's a really easy decision. I think resilience, and I'm not saying that I've got all of these, and the ability to actually push through. Um, sometimes, you know, I've had the thought sitting in this job, well, everyone else has gone home, but if I don't stay here today and do this, it's not going to happen. And as much as possible, I don't always achieve this. I love to make sure that what I say happens so that people know that it's like being in the classroom. I haven't always delivered on that. I guess just integrity. Uh, I don't know if I'm a strong leader, but I'm the leader that I can move with. Well, I love working under you, Wendy, so I think you're a strong leader. So Thank you. Uh, well done. No, some really great qualities there. So I think some really important ones that you mentioned, and a lot of them you tick the box very well for that. So well done. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> so how do you think, and this is something I think we're really strong at at our school, but how do you think school leaders should go about building a strong culture within their school? Well, that's a bit of the X factor, isn't it? I do think... We do have a strong culture and how has that come about? Sometimes that's about making tough decisions. I think it is about holding people to account and, you know, not saying that I've ever done that 100% as well as I could have, but I think that uh, staff do not appreciate, you know, other staff not being held to account. I think that that helps and we just did the Berry Street model on relationships and I was looking in the little well-being session I meant to get it out before today and it actually said about empowering people in the workplace to have some decision making and I mean having your say is not necessarily your way you know I think as a principal I've had a lot of experience so sometimes you know you can see pitfalls where other people may not uh, that's the benefit of uh, experience. But there were a couple of points in that uh, article, and I can't quite remember them, but I really think that they are key. Uh, you know, we talk about um, students having agency in their classroom, and I think, uh, you know, you have to allow for agency within the staff, if that makes sense, as a leader. And, of course... I love the saying, and you might have heard me say this, behaviour is culture. And that is the responsibility of every single person who works in the school. And, you know, we have a wonderful social committee led by Todd and Joe, who plan lots of fun things. You know, we have a breakfast before school once a term, you know, all of these things help build a culture. And there was another point in Berry Street is about addressing poor behaviour to each other. And I thought that is a really good point. You know, that is often hard 
because a lot of communication is nonverbal. So um, if you came down to the office and said, Joe Blow gave me a bad look, it's like, really? I mean, the message was probably delivered. However, it's something that is difficult to address. Same as kids, really, mm. I guess. But, you know, I really don't think that we should accept behaviour from teachers that we don't wouldn't accept in our own classrooms, to be quite honest. And I do like people. I like working with people. And I hope that comes through in my leadership. I think it would. I try to uh, show an interest. Um, you know, as a leader, you can't really be a friend of someone. And so because that's somewhat compromising, if that makes sense. You know, if I was out down the pub with a couple of people from school and had a close friendship, you know, other staff would be wondering what was said in that group. Does that make sense? Uh, I think, you know, um, have to be somewhat aloof. Not really. You can be friendly. Uh, you can. And I love a joke. I've had to rein that in a little bit, um, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, you know, I love a laugh and um, I love a bit of a joke and I, I actually do love fun. And uh, that's probably been a bit of a thing that, you know, I've had to modify in the principal role. Yeah. I and I, but I think that also comes across in the culture of our school as well, Wendy. Like you do like to have a bit of a laugh and a joke, but then, as you've said, you have those high expectations about what we're teaching and the curriculum and everything and our PD and everything we're going through at our school. But then also that fun side of things when we're allowed, like in the, in the staff room and those staff events that we have, also having that the fun side of things as well. And it's that happy medium. It is. And, you know, as a principal, as I've said, I have loved curriculum, teaching, approaches, all of those things. And, you know, I've built a lot of knowledge over the years and sometimes I just read something and it just resonates. And uh, one of those things that has resonated with me is that it takes 10 years to be an expert. So I actually have loved working with grads, having the opportunity to upskill graduate teachers and see them grow into the role, I have found that extremely uh, rewarding. And to know what quality teaching and learning, and I guess part of the school improvement journey, I think, you know, as a principal, we have to lead change. And there were some really challenging parts to that, particularly early on in my career. You know, I was in charge of getting rid of streaming out of SPESI in mathematics. That was not easy. It it was, people were very emotional. But, you know, now I find I've got such a responsive staff, I'm truly grateful for having such a responsive staff. And, you know, I remember last year we were looking at some writing, NAPLAN writing data that was showing continual decline in Year 3 in particular. And I remember saying in the meeting, well, it's not in our strategic plan, but do we do nothing for two years until a new one's written or do we try and address that now? And uh, every teacher was sort of immediately on board. And I guess as a leader, having done a lot of professional learning, like I've been to Deb Sicano, we've had uh, Rob Bingerhoots in, been to his PDs, 
and now having Nerissa Long from Oswit, that I guess, you know, you build a very uh, good picture of what you want to see happening. Having team planning, all of those things in place, embed. Uh, so if you know the approach you're going to use, then you have to upskill teachers. And I just hope every year that the teachers at Specy are a better classroom teacher. Yeah, beautiful. Right. Yeah, love it. And then what's been your greatest challenge as a leader, Wendy? Oh, H&S. Not really. <laughs> Look, sometimes the exactness of those types of jobs, you know, it's probably not really um, my strongest strength for me. I mean, I do get it done, but I, I don't think I'd ever get 100%. Oops. <laughs> bringing back a bad memory for me, Todd. <laughs> anyway, that, that's a story that we probably can't share on the podcast, but it was about a COVID OH&S inspection uh, that Todd had pillows in his classroom. <laughs> All I can share. You may cut that out if you like. No, I can say that. That's fine. It, it wasn't well received. No. Because no, <laughs> Todd didn't know how what temperature he'd wash them on. <laughs> Yeah, she kept grilling me, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is one of the biggest challenges is probably juggling so many balls at all at once. Like one time you may be having sort of quite a high-level curriculum discussions, problem-solving, something about, you know, timetables, etc., writing an annual implementation plan, and the next minute you're talking to the plumber about the block toilet. You know, uh, it's such a... A varied job holding that all in your head can be sometimes challenging and sometimes you know I have an emotional response to things which I don't think I actually share with staff I do like to have a little vent and it's not a great attribute for a principal because you know often things have to be private uh, you know privacy and all the rest of it probably learning to shut off from the job that's pretty challenging mm. and you know sometimes you're faced with some quite challenging situations you know I don't feel thinking on the spot is not something that I do particularly well I don't think but of course you know second time round, I'm a great reflector which I think all teachers need to be second time round, if it happens you deal with it so much better Mm. So you have to give yourself a little bit of leeway there. And I find um, dealing with people who are angry quite a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And then going on a more positive front there. So what's been your greatest strength, do you think, Wendy, as a leader? Now, you could probably answer that better than me, but please don't, because it'll sound like pump up your tyres, Wendy, um, podcast. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure. I remember saying... A few weeks ago it's gone a whole lot better than I thought it would so there we go um you know I, th I think probably you know I do have a lot of educational leadership or a lot of experience in that area yeah I do think I have a, a lot of that I guess I've never forgotten what it was like to be a classroom teacher hand on heart I can say that or a teacher uh you know not every day is a great day well would be lovely if it was you know end of the day you know some days personally you may not be feeling that great perhaps if you're a little sick 
it's amazing how the kids can sniff that out. Um, it'll be the worst day you have in the classroom <laughs> um, in the year. So I always sort of remember what it's like to be a classroom teacher. And I don't know, I try to communicate. It's very easy, and you've probably been on this, the receiving end of this, to overlook some communications. And, you know, classroom teachers are probably sitting there thinking, well, why didn't they tell us that? And it's like, ah, you know, because some days I can prioritise and sequence things. So sometimes it's like, oh, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. People have different uh, perceptions and I know I wouldn't be the leader for, uh, for a lot of people. People like different leadership styles and can relate to some people better than others. It's a very, very complex job. Probably brought home to me in COVID, uh, you know, when I somehow realised that I was a leader of a community of a 1,000 people, mm. you know, teachers, staff, students and probably hadn't really struck me before that yeah mm. well no well done for answering that question I think for me if I'm, I'm actually going to answer this one as well for you Wendy I would say that your relationship building with everyone all stakeholders is your greatest strength for sure I think you're very approachable everyone can always go and see you at any stage and as you said you are very understanding about what teachers are going through and what their role entails and the workload and everything like that so I think that's your greatest strength as a leader is your ability to understand and build really positive relationships with all stakeholders. Thank you and when I said I was shy when I first became a principal I didn't particularly like community um, occasions even though sort of like people and parents but you know if you have a mother's day breakfast it's important to be seen and nobody expects to have a, an hour conversation with you but you know if you walk past you use their name and you go oh I noticed such and such I think it means everything mm. to to the parents absolutely and um what a, a marvelous Korean homework club run by a CRT uh, who works in the school we consider her a teacher. She's here most days. She's our number one CRT yeah. and a couple of other staff members. And, you know, I like to get up there. But even if I don't sit and listen to children read or whatever, I think it's important to be seen in that space by those people because it sends a powerful message. I value what you're doing. Mm. And the running club. I try to get out there. Um, <laughs> I think staff have to see you doing those things and, you know, and families. Mm, absolutely. And then being a leader, Wendy, do you find it a lonely place? Do you feel like you get enough support as a leader? I do find it lonely and that's probably my personality because previously I've always had friends on staff, made friends. I have friends that I started teaching with and I actually have a set of friends that I went to teachers college with who I catch up with every year. So along the journey, I've made a lot of friends and I think in many ways, you know, I'm older. I could be your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and many of the staff, you know, definitely I've been teaching longer than they've been alive, uh, <laughs> you know. But in many ways, you're the only, you know, person who holds a lot of information, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a bit like that 
yes, you can be friendly, you can have a joke with staff, but having a close friendship is a bit more of an issue. Mm. And I really pride myself on this. We had an education support officer who worked as a teacher's aide and uh, she was one of my closest friends. I didn't employ her, so there was no conflict of interest. A previous principal employed her. She was a friend of mine before she came to Miss Bessie. And I know when I was making her farewell speech, some people had not even twigged that we had uh, such a close friendship. And I was really proud of that. I'm glad she did a good job. (laughs) That might have been a bit different. (laughs) So, yeah, I do in in many ways because I'm a bit of like a debriefer. And I don't go home and debrief. I, I basically don't share too much with my husband about what happened in the day. Um, I tend to leave work at work, and this is something really big that I can share, but you do get enough support, but I think probably the best support is talking to other prints. Yeah. You learn a lot. You think, oh, gee, that's a good idea. Mm. Just like, you know, some of the teachers um, here, like you've gone out and brought the cyber safety project into the school it's great to be out talking to colleagues in education. Mm, yeah, for sure. it's a way of improving what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's the great thing about it. You don't know everything, so it's great to go and see other people and what they're doing and seeing what other schools do. And, yeah, uh, great point there, Wendy. Are you worried about the mental health of school leaders? Is it something we should be worried about? Oh, data would say it should be. I feel like I'm in a fairly lucky place at Spessie. I've got a very supportive school community. And I can say having a great staff helps. You know, I can hand on heart and quite honestly, I can say teachers at Spessie are doing a great job. So that makes my job easier. It's in no one's interest to have a teacher who is struggling on your staff. It's not good for your students. It's not good for colleagues but I have seen colleagues go through huge huge stressful events and incidents which must take an enormous toll on me then it does take an enormous toll on me mental health just been to a prince forum today and you know heard such a story from one principal and just the community uh, that she lived in and all sorts of things So, and I think probably I'd love to see the profile of all educators lifted. It's a big problem in Australian society, you know, how teachers are perceived Mm. by the community. I feel like there's been an improvement since COVID, but yeah, I agree with you, Wendy. It still needs to be picked up more, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because teachers can be on the end of a very dissatisfied parent and sometimes... You didn't see it coming. Mm. You couldn't predict it. So it's never nice. Mm. So was it a bit of a discussion about the mental health thing today at the principal's conference, Wendy? Uh, There was. There was. Um, I mean, the department have a lot of supports in place. You know, just some of the the stories that you hear of Prince experiences, it would break many people. Mm. You know, there's litigation, just been feeling for that. Poor school up in New South Wales that had the science experiment was like, yes. <laughs> you know, the poor teacher, 
probably not the best decision, but um, hindsight's always wonderful. Mm. And, uh, you know, just how the media all pile on and, uh, you know, there'll be an investigation and uh, imagine how they're um, feeling at the moment. The principal, the teacher involved, they'd be highly stressed about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then how do you keep your finger on the pulse? So how do you truly know what's going on at our school, Wendy? Well, I'm not sure I do. You probably can answer that question a little bit better than I can. There are a lot of data sets coming your way around, you know, attitudes to school, teacher judgments, reports, teaching and learning well-being, staff opinion, parent opinion. So there's a lot of that. And I always monitor student learning data, you know, when the founders and Pinnell levels come in or essential assessment, I'll always go through the classes, have a look at all of that. And to be honest, when I walk around, I've been in a classroom for so long, I can actually see what's going on, even though I might not spend an hour in there. It's, it's really easy to know what's sort of happening in the class. I guess, you know, if you're out in the yard, you're seeing if people are being proactive on duty here. There's only one person late for yard duty, and that's myself. <laughs> on a Monday I frequently forget it and I feel sorry for the teacher I replaced um, walking around monitoring that student learning data and I know a lot of people think that I'm absolutely mad to read and comment on all their reports but it is about that symbolic leadership it's about to the community mm. because the community think oh she knows my child and I had a lovely experience the other day of a new boy moving to Bessie last term I think it was and we had a family maths night and I was chatting to dad and the new boy and and dad said oh he's really happy he hadn't been happy at his other school and he said he feels like he is seen here and I thought isn't that lovely mm. that's one of those moments yeah yeah that's a great moment yeah it was love it so as you were talking about before Wendy we've been on a few grad panels and positions together in our time, have you got any advice for pre-service teachers writing their application? Find somebody to help you. <laughs> it is too complicated. Have thought that perhaps I should run a little business. I know they do a unit at university, but just the importance of an application is key. But I'd also say doing things like working in after-school care, before-school care, you know, all of these voluntary things can help. But the application is key to actually getting an interview, which is the first step. You know, I actually really enjoy having grads at SPESI because we've got some learning specialists who can work with them. We've got deeply embedded team planning. And Todd and Daniel this year, one of our other teachers, uh, runs a bit of a grad program for them. I mean, they're very ex extremely well supported. And I think to see them develop and build their toolkit, which it is, is just extremely rewarding. Yeah, wonderful. So as you were talking about before, you're retiring this year, Wendy. Are you excited about this? And have you got any plans for next year in 2023? Oh, reaching 2023. I'm really not that excited. <laughs> I am looking forward to, I have three grandchildren who are young. 
I'm looking forward to actually supporting my family and spending time with them, traveling. I've taken up painting. I'm very bad at it. So I do watercolors, but I love it. And, you know, I've loved coming to work in many ways because it gives you weak purpose. So I am looking forward to it because I've got several interests that I would like to be spending more time on. And I feel it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel like, and you kind of mentioned this before, do you feel like you're going to miss being principal and being at our school next year? Oh, absolutely. You know, I miss the people. And, you know, one quote I heard used is, no teacher actually becomes a teacher because of the data. It is the relationships it's the same as me as a principal it is a people job you know you get to interact with a lot of people and I really like that honestly think that I achieve a lot more when I'm really under the pump to be quite honest because if you're not sometimes you know what you've got to do you can just stretch out into the entire day as they say so yeah it's going to be a new chapter I think it's the chapter before you die I'm a little shocked that I'm old enough to retire, to be quite honest. (laughs) Where did that go? Yeah, Yeah. but as you were saying, Wendy, I think the good thing about being in a school is every day is different. There's not one day that's the same. I think that's the exciting thing about being in a school, that just because yesterday was like that doesn't mean today is going to be like exactly the same day. Uh, There could be a curveball from a kid at any moment. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes what they manage to achieve is quite amazing the Mm. accidents that they can have (laughs) always blows my mind (laughs) had a child with a leg stuck through the front fence uh last week um (laughs) it's like "Mm, how did that happen (laughs) it's always a story (laughs) yes there always is that's for sure so a lot's changed in education over the years but has one thing not changed wendy maybe what we were just talking about yeah you know, just kids and their ability to make you laugh in the most unexpected ways. Uh, sometimes you don't see it coming. I think there are definitely greater challenges with some children now. And the one thing that doesn't change is change. At the moment, I look at what's happening in classrooms and I'm thinking, how can they improve on this practice? And I probably thought that when I started teaching or, you know, what can be better about teaching reading and uh, that it's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. And then what's one teaching resource you couldn't live without, Wendy? Oh, what's in my head? <laughs> <laughs> Truly, you know, over the journey, you acquire a lot of knowledge. Uh, when I was in the classroom, and maybe this speaks to when I was in the classroom, the one book that I loved was the clip art book. I had a Christmas clip art book. I couldn't live without that. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, worksheets are obsolete. People don't make them, but uh, there was a time in your career where you actually made a lot. But I think particularly just some of the knowledge I hold in my head, to be Mm. honest. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I like that one. No one's ever said that one. I like that is a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Good work. And before we finish today, Wendy, are you happy to play a little game? I'm a bit nervous about this, but anyway, I'll give it a shot. You can edit. I can edit. I can. It is called One Word with Todd. So it's just a word association game. So the first thing that comes to your mind, you can say it. If there's a bit of a story to it, you can also share that as well. All right. 
So the first one is coffee. Every day, several cups. Um, before I arrive at work, I've probably had four or five. <laughs> that helps me get through the day. Love it. Uh, teaching. Oh, complex. Complex. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, staff meeting. Mm. Um, I don't have a word for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoy them. Uh, no, staff meetings. Necessary. Like Hopefully it. try to make them purposeful. And staff meeting, love a sticky note. Yes, Great way to get everyone's opinion. Yes, you do love a sticky note, Wendy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. that means not the loudest person is getting all the say. Yes, very true. Yeah, yeah. As you said, everyone gets an opinion. Holidays? Christmas holidays, the best. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit longer, which is nice. Uh, the staff room? Fun. Mm -hmm. Like it. I'm liking the daily quiz going on. Yes, that's just been a recent addition in uh, our oh, staff room. So no, that's, that's a positive. I feel like sitting at my desk when I know the answer. To, I'm yeah. not get a megaphone so I can actually participate from my desk. Yep, I'm sure we can uh, implement that in the last few weeks. Professional development. Necessary. Mm -hmm. But also, I love a day where your thinking is challenged about education. Yep. Yeah, great. Being principal. <sighs> <laughs> that's a great word yes and the last one your favorite current teacher no you don't have to answer that one I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the hook yeah that, that's exactly right like I was in um, Melbourne with our primary math science specialists two of them and they said oh you can go around with one of them but they couldn't be in the same group I said oh that's like choosing your favorite child no <laughs> Uh, well done, Wendy. I'll give you the uh, the win for that game. So well done. You did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> and that actually is the end of the podcast, Wendy. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Love being able to have a chat with you. I think you're a very inspiring leader. I've been very privileged to be able to work under you and I've learned a lot from you. So I just can't thank you enough for coming on to the podcast, but also being able to be uh, at the school that you're the principal at. You've done a wonderful job. Congratulations on your amazing career that you've had. Enjoy retirement. Uh, very well deserved. But yeah, just want to say thank you and congratulations and well done on everything you've achieved in your career. Thanks, Todd. I'm not sure that I deserve all those kind words, but I do, truly do appreciate it. And, you know, I've loved having you on my staff. You're a really dedicated teacher and you bring a lot to Specimen Hill. And, you know, I truly say that I have the best staff in Bendigo and it's a true belief of mine. Yeah, love it. So now all the best for the rest of the year, Wendy. Not too many more weeks to go and then you can be thinking about those Christmas holidays. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. Thank see you. you I'll see you later. Bye. Thanks, Wendy. And that is the end of the 33rd episode of the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. It was wonderful having Wendy come on and sharing her amazing career that she's had. I wish her all the best with her retirement. I cannot wait to see all the great things she does during her retirement. But what an outstanding career Wendy has had. And it was wonderful hearing about her teaching journey and all the wonderful things she's done in the leadership space as well. And this is actually the last episode for 2022. So firstly, I just want to thank all my amazing guests that I've had on for 2022. I've loved hearing all their stories 
and thoughts about education. It's been wonderful to hear. So I just want to thank all my wonderful and amazing guests for coming on to the Toddcast. I couldn't do it without their amazing support and they're also so willing to come on and share their teaching journeys and educational journeys that they've had so far. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on the Toddcast. I also want to thank all the wonderful listeners for continuing to listen to the Toddcast. Hopefully you've got a lot out of it and really enjoyed all the different types of episodes that I've produced again this year. I'm looking forward to again continuing in 2023 after a bit of a rest from doing it. And I cannot wait to share some more educational journeys about some wonderful teachers and educators next year. So once again, thank you so much for listening to the Toddcast. Have an awesome Christmas and holidays and look forward to seeing you again in 2023. See you later.